Smashed into the net by Kylian Mbappe. And the finish at the near post from Lucas Paqueta. Cornet finds Dembele. The first touch is good. The second is deadly. Neymar still. Oh my word, what a goal. Golovin. Lovely finish. The ex-delivery can do his head up. He's a clinical finisher of Kadiusz Mili. Outrageous goal from Gael Kakuta. Play it again. A goal Oh, Ben Yedda. Beautifully done. Sensational. Hello and welcome to Le Bourgeois, the official Ligue 1 Uber Eats podcast as we dissect another dramatic weekend of action in France. Is the role of the number 10 still alive and kicking? Dimitri Payet, Lucas Paqueta and Teji Savanier all made strong cases to suggest it is inspiring victories for Marseille, Lyon and Montpellier. There's controversy in Paris as Kylian Mbappe's late penalty accounts for Angers And with both Nice and Lens losing, PSG extend their lead to an ominous nine points. There were some uh, exceptional goals in round 10. Lots of talking points, so let's get uh, stuck into the action. Alongside me, I have Robbie Thompson. How are you going, Robbie? Very well, thank you, Matthew. And uh, hello, everyone. Pleasure to be back. Great to have you on, Robbie. Andy Scott is with us. Uh, How are you, Andy? Good day, Matt. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Andy's had a pretty pretty short night. Um, he's got good reasons for that. He was, um, although this isn't the only reason, but he was commentating uh, the late game, Marseille against uh, against Lorient, and um, Andy's promised uh, not to whinge about the uh, the problems he had afterwards getting the highlights show out um, in the early hours of the morning. So let's let's not talk about that, Andy. Let's listen to your commentary. Good. Um, Marseille against Lorient. At the Orange Velodrome. It was absolutely packed, by the way. 57,000 in the Velodrome. Amazing tributes to Bernard Tappy. Here's what happened uh, once the action started. And Lorienté has the chance from the spot to put Lorient ahead here tonight at the Velodrome. And he takes it. The noise fades away as the ball crosses the line and Lorient have the lead. Conrad de la Fuente looking for Milik in the middle. Lays it back for Camera. Camera shot. Saved by Paul Nardi. Back to Gendouzi, again looks to keep it alive and Camera will try again! And this time it is the equalising goal. It took a deflection on its way through. And uh, a bit of pressure pays off for the home team. Marseille get themselves a third corner of the second half. Ajax delivery, Gendouzi's header! Oh, it's gone in! A remarkable goal from Matteo Genduzzi against his former club. He can't resist a smile. Marseille have come from behind to lead here. Marseille can break again with Payet. Can they finish the game off here? Arkadiusz Milik has played in this time and Milik scores. That's why he wanted the ball before. He's a clinical finisher, Arkadiusz Milik. Ignored a couple of times by his teammates in the last few minutes. That time Payet played him in and Milik, after his long injury absence on his first start of the season tonight, he gets his first goal of the campaign and Marseille have the points. Kenduzi into the net it goes. Might not be Kenduzi's goal, but it's been quite an evening for him. And Lorient are well and truly beaten now. 
So, Andy, uh, in the end, a comfortable victory for, for Marseille. It wasn't looking like that in the first half. Uh, of course, when Loriente scored the uh, the penalty, it was it was looking a bit worrying. But Sampaoli's charge is uh, too strong in the end. Yeah, it was looking like it was going to be um, like the the last home game they had against Lens a few weeks ago when they also went behind a penalty early on, ended up falling 2-0 down, got back to 2-2 and then lost 3-2. On this occasion, they, um, they, 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 they got over that tricky start and then um, obviously they got the, the equalising goal before half-time and then they really powered on in the second half. And I thought, I thought Marseille were... Uh, obviously, much more like themselves in terms of the way they played in in the in the first few weeks of the season. Lots of big performances last night. I thought Matteo Guendouzi uh, was was really really outstanding in midfield. Obviously, he got one goal and 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 made the the own goal at the end as well. Um, Payet coming back into the team played a big role. And and I think almost what stood out for me more than anything was Arkadiusz Milik because. He did what a striker like him does in that he was hardly in the game at all and he was beginning to get frustrated at being ignored by teammates on a couple of occasions and then he's played in uh, late in the game and a clinical finish makes it 3-1 and and, and it was game over. And, and yeah, Marseille looked uh, much better after a couple of defeats before the international break and it's a good result for them because they're the third in the table and um, of course the next game is against Paris Saint-Germain and, and, and after that they have a game in hand against Nice and if they were to win the two of them, and suddenly, if my maths are correct, they'd be just four points behind PSG and they'd be looking once again like the most likely team to trouble PSG this season. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's it's uh, it's going to be a huge test against PSG next weekend. It's going to be tougher than than the test that Lorient gave them last night. Yeah, it is. It is. But when that velodrome is, 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 is bouncing and screaming like it was uh, last night, I mean, it's going to be some spectacle, isn't it, against Paris Saint-Germain uh, next, next Sunday. I, I just... Uh, um, wanted to say, I heard uh, Dimitri Payet talking in the mix zone afterwards, and uh, he was asked about that. The last goal was it the last goal? No, the th- third goal was Milik's the third or the yeah, fourth? Andy? Third yes, the third goal. The th- yeah. yeah, so so the, the, yeah, the goal he set up for for Milik, he had Pap Gay completely on his own to the left, and and Milik. It was a, probably a slightly harder pass because it was a straighter pass uh, through through for for Milik. And Payet said, "Well, I knew that Pap Gay had about." an 11% chance of scoring if I passed him and that Milik had a, a 95% chance. or he, he said something along those lines. But Robbie, that's massive um, for Marseille, isn't it? Payet playing so well. And if Milik starts scoring now, you know, they, they, they're going to be a force. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, well, I don't know if they're going to be a force, but I think, it's, I think Milik is, is a, a missing piece of the puzzle for, well, for they are go- they, Robbie, they are going to be a force. Why would you downplay that suggestion? Because we don't know who's going to be a force and what, what can happen. I've, 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 I think when every, and we've said this, and you just said it, Matt, that the velodrome is a fantastic place when everything's going well. But they, they, for me, they will still have ups and downs. And if a, by a force you mean they're going to be able to close to within four points of PSG and, and cause PSG problems, you know, perhaps next week, yes, but over the course of a season, um, we'll have to wait and see. Perhaps they will be a force. Perhaps. <laughs> but, I'm not uh, saying no. I'm not saying they're <laughs> going to push PSG for the title, but yeah, being a force again is being a top three team, Champions League. You know, I I, I think, but it's just for me. The only thing is with Marseille, we've been we've they're so hard to to really back consistently long term. We've been excited in the past. We've been we get excited about them for little periods every season, yeah. and they never manage to put it all together. And that's that's why I'm saying, look, yes, 
it's great to see Marseille with 57,000 at the velodrome and, and scoring freely and playing with, with this amazing formation and playing with two number 10s, really, plus high wingers and, an, and a real striker. Yes, that's all great, but we've seen it before. If they can do it, if they can go on with it, Fantastic. I think Andy, uh, mm-hmm. Robbie's not sensing the the energy that I'm sensing now, is he? I mean, I, yeah, look, I, I, and, I, yeah. and I'm not sure that under Vias Boas and Garcia, we 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 had that much excitement. No. I mean, I, th- I think it's you know it's more like Bielsa Bielsa football we're watching at the moment. Yeah, no, it, it is. Um, and how I, did that end, Matt? Uh, it did, that didn't end well. Well, they they came, they nearly they nearly won the league. They were winter champions. But yeah, it didn't end well. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think I think um, the the thing about Marseille that's 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 pretty striking is that every game they play, and certainly every game that I've I've seen them in this season, uh, it it could go either way. It could go any way, and and you know the majority of the the time this season the games have gone their way. But you know even last night, I mean they they, they play a, a very unusual formation. We'd all agree, and and you know broadly mm-hmm. speaking, when 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 on television when they when they um, depicted it's like a three 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 one, which was how they played under Bielsa, but. It's not as simple as that, and that, that in itself is a very odd way to line up. And for example, they get they are very exposed defensively in wide areas. You know, Luan Perez, the Brazilian defender who's played more minutes than anybody else for Marseille this season, is the left-sided centre-back, but ends up having to cover the whole left side of the pitch because they've got nobody mm-hmm. really in front of him. Yeah. And uh, they were exposed last night by, um, by Lorient's little number seven, um, Stefan Diara, who was a late call-up to the team. But you know, you're talking about that's that's Stefan Diara. With all respect to him, um, it's going to be a different story against PSG with whoever they have on the right hand side of their attack. So you know, the, the, every game Marseille plays could go any way, and it is great to watch for a neutral. I think you know, I said a few weeks ago, probably the last time I was on, that I thought that Marseille were the most likely team to um, push PSG to whatever extent they can over the course of the season. I'm not sure about that anymore. I think that there, there are other teams. Below them, bubbling up like uh, Lyon, who we'll talk about later, who might be better placed to do that over the duration of the season. Marseille are extremely entertaining, and that's exactly what Jorge Sampaoli wants. He wants his team to play exciting attacking football. I don't know if that's going to turn them into, certainly not going to turn them into title challengers, I don't think. Um, it might get them into into top three position come the end of the season. And I suppose at the, at the end of the day, the Marseille fans will settle for that right now. I certainly agree that it's exciting and it's getting the fans behind the team again. And, and the, you know, the velodrome is, um, is something else. I mean, I mean, the, the, the noise in that ground, the, the way in which it's built with the, the, the roofs over the stands makes the, the noise reverberate in an incredible way. And on television, it sounds fantastic in the stadium. Um, it's really something else. And um, it is, it is a real spectacle, but you know, it, it could end in, in, in disaster for Marseille this season, but it could end in something pretty special. And that's what makes it great to watch. That's only the 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 Scott in you that says it could end in in disaster. I mean, come <laughs> on, they're 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 going great guns. And look, you know, Lorient had been solid, and they they'd so far this season. What have they done? They they beaten Monaco. They drew mm. with Lyon. Uh, they I think there was another top team. They did well against Lille. Uh, they beat Lille, yes. Yeah, but, um, but, so, sorry but Marseille, to, sorry. but Marseille haven't been going great guns either. I mean, it's great no, that, that they've no, bounced no, that back, was their but first they've been win on a, in four. Yeah, exactly. Think, yeah, they've yeah. had a terrible month, really. Where uh, they and Lorient really hadn't, um, hadn't won an away game for exactly a year, so you know, put it into some context. <laughs> but it's great, Matt. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, it's great. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, 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 I thought I Valentin Rangier wasn't too bad. And was, I have actually Rangier yeah. played for a long, long a time shout, at that Rob. level. And I think that was very encouraging to see, to see Rangier back. A good player. Yeah. And we haven't, we haven't seen it at Marseille. Now he's taken Pap Gay's place. He's, he's, he's looked good in recent yeah. weeks. And Rangier, yeah, last night was excellent. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the, other, the, the other results sort of affecting that sort of battle for the top three. I know things can change very, very quickly. Um, nice had the chance to go second, um, but they, uh, they didn't take it. They lost 1-0 against Trois. Mama Balde getting a vital goal for Trois. Really disappointing result for Christophe Galtier's team. Um, and then Lens were playing Montpellier. I mentioned at, at the top of the pod, Tejis Savanier. I, I had the pleasure of commentating Montpellier against Lens. Savanier was just sensational. Just absolutely one of those performances that is just a pleasure uh, to watch. Lens probably not at their best. Could, could have equalised, but Steffi Mavadidi's goal um, uh, separating the, the two teams. Brilliant through ball from, from Savanier. And it was if a, you a bit watch- like Milik's goal, wasn't it? In Well, the pass from, I think the pass from Savanier was even better than Payet's, but it was a, a cool yeah, clinical and it was, finish from a, it a, was, a striker running in behind, doing what he has he, to do. Yeah, yeah. And also the quality of the pass meant he didn't need mm-hmm. to control it. It was yeah. just first touch, slotted it. And uh, Mavadidi played really well. Montpellier, that was their first win in five. And if they play like that, you know, they'll definitely be top half and potentially could could push for European places. But we know the competition is... is but it's, it's very, very tight, uh, isn't it, tight, Matt? Yeah, I mean, it's tight. tight. The, there's like four points separating. And once you get take Paris Saint-Germain out of the equation, it's, it's very tight at what would be the top. No, well, that's it. I was saying in, in the commentary, there were 13 places separating the two teams and you watch the first half and Montpellier just laid siege on, mm. on, on the Lens goal. So, you know, it's, uh, it, we're at the stage where you win two or three games, you can go from 15th to, to 6th or 7th, you know, and, uh, and things change very quickly. But um, yeah, good, a very, very good weekend for Marseille. And we'll, we'll see their next 10 days. They've got uh, Lazio away. Uh, PSG at home, uh, Nice away. So we'll we'll probably see. Maybe Andy's. Uh, it wasn't a prediction of of disaster, but saying there's no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not. No, maybe it will. Maybe it will. Maybe it will. You never know. You never know. Let's move on, guys. Leon and Monaco. Um, on paper, at least, was the game of the weekend. Um, perhaps didn't quite live up to the hype, but let's hear what happened. Armel Tangi. Um, commentated the game he was uh, commentating from the Group Armour Stadium he's already saved a penalty this season has Nubel and Carl Tukawakambi convert this one and give Leon a hard fought lead he can he sends Alexander Nubel the wrong way and it is the home side who move ahead Paqueta Lovely ball from Paqueta. Emerson across the middle and turned in by Denier. And Leon have put this game to bed now. A big smile from Peter Bosch. They've gone about this game with a very professional outlook. Well, we don't have Armel to give us his thoughts this morning, unfortunately. We're still negotiating to try to get Armel back uh, on, on, on the pod uh, as a regular, but uh, his commentary, excellent as ever. And um, uh, fellas, this game, a lot of the headlines afterwards were about Lucas Paqueta. Didn't start the game, came on 
for the last half an hour, totally transformed the atmosphere, transformed the game, um, essentially inspired Leon's victory in what was otherwise a fairly um, stodgy is maybe a bit of a harsh, harsh uh, word, but a game that didn't quite live up to expectations. And of course, Paqueta's performance was so special because he was playing for Brazil. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but on Thursday night, he travelled through mm-hmm. the night. I think on Friday, arrived in Lyon on Friday, um, insisted that he wanted to be involved in, in the game. Um, so, you know, fantastic attitude and the way he's playing. He is, he, he's an absolute match winner, isn't he? And Robbie, um, that, that's a really big victory, of course, for Lyon in a game against a, you know, a direct rival for, for European football. Well, I'll start with a little dig saying it's a shame Paris Saint-Germain play every Friday after an international break so that their Brazilians don't get that extra 24 hours to be able to come on in the in the second half of matches. But that's because Paris are in the Champions League, But Robbie, course. would, 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 Neymar, would Neymar show Lucas Paqueta's hunger and desire to, to get onto the pitch? Uh, absolutely, of course, and they do. And Di Maria, when, when they can as well, when the Argentines come back, they do. But to stick with uh, Lucas Paqueta... How good is he? Like, uh, seriously, he's, he's making the, the, the departure of Memphis Depay, you, you barely notice it. I think the best way to forget Memphis Depay is to, to bring in someone that, that just fills his shoes as well as the number 10 shirt. And perhaps, you know, some thought maybe Shakiri could, could be that person. Paqueta is just playing awesome football. And uh, I was watching the match in, in the comfort of my home on, on Saturday night and his no-look pass for Emerson to set up almost uh, knocked my wife off her chair. She was, <laughs> she was so impressed and I think, you know, she, she couldn't stop talking about Lucas Paqueta for, for the moments following that goal. I, I get That's a little great. bit jealous, but hats off. But it is. A wife, it's nice a to wife see. who appreciates a no-look pass is very exactly. good. And, uh, you know, but it's, he, he is very impressive. Physically, he is, he is very strong. Um, and he's a quality player. Technically, he had shots here, right foot, left foot, in that just in that little cameo performance. And look, that game needed someone to, to blow it open, didn't it? It needed someone to make the difference. Because otherwise, I thought both sides looked a little bit lacklustre. And in, in more general terms, it's not easy when you're coming off an international break where not only the South Americans, but you're the Africans have been playing two or three matches. The Europeans have been playing three matches. The South Americans with the travel involved. It is really tough. And these are two sides that have, whether it be youth internationals or senior internationals, a fair fair number of international players. And, and it's, it's not easy for sides coming off the back of that, especially with Europe next week as well. A guy who was really impressive for Leon, Andy, was uh, Jerome Boateng. Mm. Um, really solid at, at the back. It's probably fair to say that the new signings have sort of had mixed results so far. Emerson's done well at left back. Boateng starting to look very strong, but Shakiri really, really disappointing once again. And we're, mm-hmm. we're we're not we're not seeing the best of Shakiri by by a long shot, are we? Uh, no, I mean you know I was like, like you guys. I was I was at but home. But when and... do we see the best of Shakiri? Well, over the years, when, honestly, when he plays for Switzerland. Okay, yeah. so that's what is he the new Patrick and Bummer? If you like. When he plays for Stoke, he was he was very good. But no, no. But you're right. He's played for Bayern, Inter, and Liverpool. You know, and I don't know if he's really shone. I'm not a Shakiri yes. expert. Fantastic yeah. player. But he's, and, he's a he's a he's a player. He's a player of moments, right? Shadan Shakiri. That's always been the way I've I've yeah, seen yeah. it. I mean, yeah. you have you have to 
you know, look, look, look at the players you, t- you talked about there. I mean, I mean, you're right, because when you looked at, I mean, I looked at the, I was at home watching the game on, on Saturday and, and when you see the, the teams line up together, you think this is Leon Monaco, this is a big game. There's some big players there, as you say, like of Boateng and, and Emerson Palmieri, who was obviously a European Championship winner. Uh, different, different, um, you know, situations for all three of them when they came in. I mean, Boateng was an important player for Bayern, but then, but then was allowed to leave. Emerson was always in the fringes of things at Chelsea, despite the fact he was playing for Italy. And Shakir was kind of similar because he was, he is a big player for the Swiss team, but nowhere near the Liverpool team, and, and was ultimately allowed to leave for a pretty. Uh, Derisory transfer fee, certainly in terms of of, of what the, the money you see going around, usually between English clubs. Um, Sha- Shakiri didn't do much, and that I suppose is is slightly concerning. I mean, I'm not sure as well that Usem Awar is is these days the player that we thought he was going to be by this point. Um, not saying he had a bad game on Saturday, but the the although Andy, 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 hang, hang on, hang on, because the last the last two, like, I don't <laughs> yeah. know if you watched. Come on. Our, <laughs> come on, come on. Our, our was brilliant against Saint Etienne and against Bromby in the. Uh, in, in, and no, no, because I, I agree. Yeah. For a long time, I've been waiting for our to, to, to kick on. He, I thought he was really disappointing last season and for much of the, the, the early weeks of this. But I just thought he was starting to kick on. But yeah. No, not, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's that. Fair enough. He's he's kicking on again from from a, a position where he wasn't even in the Lyon team. I mean, I mean, Usem Awar a couple of years ago was. Was going to be, you know, the the, the big star, right? And and, and well, fringe yeah, France. Yeah. And, now, and well, now now, yeah, he's on the fringes of the France squad. He's been in the France squad a couple of times and had to pull out on, I think, two occasions because he's got COVID. Am I am I am I mm-hmm. mistaken? Yeah. Anyway, but you know that you're right about Boateng. I mean, Boateng, as I say, is a player with that incredible experience, and um, he he is an upgrade on Damian da Silva. I suppose it would be fair to say, with the greatest respect for da Silva. Uh, and and just just the word on Paqueta as well. I mean, you said Thursday night. I mean, it was it was actually Friday morning French time when he was playing for Brazil. He played about sixty minutes in Manaus in the in the Amazon jungle, and uh, for him to go from there to 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 be on the pitch for Lyon uh, less than forty eight hours later is is pretty remarkable. And um, I, I mean, I, I've thought for ever since Paqueta came in. I mean, I mean, he he was outstanding against PSG at the Parc des Princes a few weeks ago. He's probably the best player on mm-hmm. the field, never never mind the, the stars yeah. that PSG have. He's a fine player. And that, that's why I say, when we talk about Marseille before, that, you know, maybe actually you need to keep an eye on the teams coming up beneath them. And while you said rightly that it's incredibly tight in that table and Lyon are sixth at the moment, um, they're just a the point behind Marseille. And I think that, uh, if 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 they can carry on winning games like that and um, and keep you know keep improving and if, maybe if they can get a, a tune out of Shakiri then then maybe they will emerge as the, the most likely team to finish as the best of the rest behind PSG. But of course, there's a long way to go. But but with a player like Lucas Paqueta, they, they can they can do anything really. Yeah. So in my in my lead in uh, to that <laughs> uh, about Jaron Boating, I was I was waiting for you to say yeah, probably you know one of the best defenders of his generation, but. The praise that I got from Andy Scott is probably a markup on Damien De Silva, <laughs> which you know at least that, that is praise. That is praise from from Andy. It's not easy to get, always to get, but but top well, Damien De Silva, a slightly underrated player as well, probably Matt. Yeah, but he's can been we, can we have a word on, so on Monaco this season? Who are, please? Well, I I find it strange the way they're blowing hot and cold at the moment and can't seem to really string. I know they were without Chua many, but you should be able to survive without a, a 21-year-old central midfielder, a, a team of Monaco's stature as well, even though I think Chua many is a fantastic player. Otherwise, it was more or less first choice. Um, 
their starting 11 and they they're not looking so dangerous i think benyetta and Follon the fantastic players i think benyetta had a couple of great chances all the same but uh what's what's going on there perhaps i'd i'd more like to to pose the question what what's going wrong at monaco at the moment they they're sitting 10th in the table oh, and yeah, this is a side I, that we all thought would would really contest well almost contest the title no i think it's uh yeah it's 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 a good question i also think we've got to be careful like week upon week sort of not contradicting ourselves because that mm. you know the the because they were doing a bit better leon's win the Lyon were below Monaco. They're now two points above them. So Monaco are tenth, and it is very on fourteen tight, as points. We said. And it, yeah. you know they're only three points behind Marseille in, in 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 third. But but they are inconsistent, and they are you know I I stupidly tip them for the for the league title, and they haven't. They certainly haven't well, looked like four title. wins and four losses. So yeah, far. exactly. I mean, exactly. Yeah. I I I saw an article in Le Keep this morning talking about Kevin Volland, saying he's just not the same player as he was last season. I mean, he was he was such an important player for and them, and yet it is um, the same player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so difficult i mean you know the 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 summer business perhaps not paying off at the moment certainly nubel uh, in goal has has made mistakes um he's not been the markup that we were expecting on uh, benjamin leconte so far um jean lucas we're not seeing a, a great jean lucas yet uh he he played instead of chuamani at the weekend so don't know, don't know. Second mm. second season syndrome. I, I I spoke to Nico Kovac a few weeks ago, and he said it's totally normal that it's harder for us because last year um, we were a team sort of rebuilding, and nobody expected much of us. Now we're the favourites. You know, we're going into games, we're playing against low blocks or mid blocks, and it's just totally different for us. So that you know, that's his suggestion that he's got a very young team, and they have to learn how to play a different way now because teams are on the you know defending against them basically mm-hmm. yeah well that's that's part of the that's the that's the business isn't it that's how it goes now at this yeah. level when you're when you're the favorites absolutely but you're right four defeats four defeats for for monaco interestingly four defeats for lille as well that is now more defeats for lille than they suffered in the whole of last season they are one place below monaco they're in 11th after they lost to clermont and Simba scored the only goal for Clermont, who after their great start to the season had really gone off the boil. So that's a big result for Clermont Foot. Um, and yeah, Olivier Leton, the uh, the club president, had some fairly outspoken words afterwards. He he said, we've hit rock bottom with this performance. He said it was absolutely dire performance, which given that they'd won, they won two or three in a row before that. They played really, really well against Marseille before the international break. Um Maybe Andy, a slight overreaction from Olivier Letton. They've got some big games coming up, playing Seville in the uh, in the Champions League. Mm. Uh, what do you reckon? Well, it's a bit like what you just said, isn't it? That you need to be careful about one week saying such and such a team is great, and the next week saying they're terrible. And I mean, yeah, Olivier mm. Letton, I'm sh- I'm sure was was watching Lille in the last few games when, as you say, <laughs> they were they were very good uh, against against Marseille, and they've had a couple of wins. Just before that as well, I mean, it, obviously it's not good enough for the team who are the reigning champions, you expect better. But then, uh, I, I'm not sure that I expected too much better. As you say, again, it's very tight in, in the middle of the table. They are still just three points off third place. And and I still think Lille will win more games than they lose this season. But, you know, I think you you do expect, um, you expect them to get a result away to, to, to Clermont, newly promoted Clermont, take nothing away from them. But 
Uh, it, it, I mean, it's a shame, really, that they've not been able to to start the season strongly and, and that they're not able to be a bit closer to Paris Saint-Germain. I mean, they've, they've barely got half the number of points of PSG. Um, they, they haven't. The, the, the truth is they've not been playing particularly well since the season started. One or two decent performances. But it's almost and, and the same squad, isn't it, it's almost, it I is, mean, we, yeah, were, we I mean, were worried that yeah. they were going to have to sell everyone and that it was going to be the end of the end of an era before and it even began. Yeah. But it's the same squad. No, I that's, mean, they're starting 11, apart right. from goalkeeper mm-hmm. and Sumare. Sumare. Were, Botman was missing. But, but, but the, the, the form and fitness of Sven Botman is a concern, but you're right. I mean, it is, broadly speaking, the same the same squad as last season, apart from the goalkeeper. Well, not that that is, that is not insignificant, by the way. Mike Manuel no, was yeah. a huge player. Um, and Bubakari Sumare was was obviously very impressive in midfield, but but midfield they were they, they were and are very well off in terms of options in midfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean Jonathan David or Jonathan David, depending on what what day it is and what mood you're in, how you pronounce that one. He he obviously got a couple of goals against Marseille, and and, and I think it remains the case that Lille have won every single league game in which he scored a goal, and he and he didn't score at the weekend, and they didn't win. But you know. Um, it's 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 unfortunate for the for the league that the reigning champions can't be doing a bit better, um, and and I think I think you know the the game against Sevilla in the Champions League is massive because they have been absolutely dreadful in the last couple of Champions League campaigns. When you put it together, I think they've gone oh about fifteen Champions League games mm-hmm. almost now without winning, and that is really not good enough um, for for any club who makes it to the group stage to to, to be that poor for so long and. Playing Sevilla at home after the results they've had against uh, Wolfsburg, the draw, and then the defeat away in Salzburg. Suddenly, that's a really important game for them, and um, it will be a shame if they can't if they can't get a win at home because that will leave them really up against it. So, uh, fingers crossed for them in that one. I was yeah, I was watching. Oh, sorry, Matt. I was watching no. the game on on French TV with uh, our great friend of the pod, Julien Brun, was the the commentator on French TV, Mister Brown, and um and he said in the final minutes. That with all due respect to Clermont, and I think he meant this in a very positive way, it was like a French Cup atmosphere inside the stadium of a of a lower league side taking on. He was only talking about the atmosphere in this tiny little stadium with with all you know packed to the rafters and the the atmosphere because Clermont are a promoted side in their first ever Ligue 1 season, and they're doing a fantastic job as well. And the atmosphere looked and sounded incredible in their tiny little ground. Jonathan David, uh, just to um, <laughs> point out, he, he he started on the bench at the, at the weekend. Uh, Timothy Weir came out uh, came 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 out for him. Yeah, so David came on well, that, later. He's having a really good season. Six six goals. Yeah, just just to put that into context, Matt. The the reason for that will be, of course, he was playing for Canada uh, late yeah, yeah, late course, into yeah. last week. So you know that 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 would be the reason why he wasn't starting, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll let him off for not for not scoring at at the weekend. Um, but yeah, Sven Botman's injury is a is a real worry. He's um, got a groin problem. He's expected to be out for for four weeks. And you do you know fear a little bit for that defence without Botman's uh, strength and his youthful exuberance because uh, uh, I think Jose Font is so good because he's got because he's got Botman alongside him. So we'll have to see how how Lille cope. That is a, a concern. Um, we're going to bring in our listeners uh, now with the the opportunity to um, to enter our our Deja Who competition. You're listening to Le Bourgeois, the official League and Uber Eats podcast, and we do uh, appreciate your um, your company and your your loyalty. So we had a Deja Who last week, and I have to say I've been dreading having to to read this one out again. But here we go. Um, this was the clue. Uh, let's go then. Kapow. <laughs> I had two spells at my hometown club, bookending a professional career that took me to five other league on sides. Wham! 
Uh, I won the double with one league and club, picked up a league and title with another, and lifted a Coupe de la Ligue with my first club. Thwack! My initials sound like a fight caption from the 1960s Adam West version of Batman, hence the unorthodox clues. Thank you for that one, Ian Holyman. Um, hopefully I delivered that well. We got a few uh, correct answers, not as many as usual. Um, we had Frenchy, James Cathy and Paul Thomas Clay, as well as Davor Tochakovic. Um, they all said Pierre Alain Fro, also known as PAF, P-A-F. Um, uh, wrong answer came in from Ryan Yowell. Is it Mamadou Sacco? Um, no, unfortunately, not Ryan. Bad, though. That's quite funny. Sacco. Sacco. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking MS, but no, yeah. Sacco. Good try. Good try. Let, let's go for another one with a bit less onomatopoeia. Uh, uh, this week's Deja Who. Um, if you think you know the answer, send us an email to league1podcast at gmail.com or use the hashtag uh, Deja Who on Twitter and uh, we, will, uh, we will read your name out if you're among the winners, and we won't necessarily read your name out if you get it wrong. Ryan Yowell was just unfortunate. Um, here we go. I made 470 league gun appearances in a career that went from 1994 to 2012. I only ever played in France, featuring for no fewer than seven top-flight clubs, and I count Johan Miku, Didier Drogba, Alexis Romau, and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang among my ex-teammates. I defeated my former mentor this season. If you think you know the answer, um, our email, league1podcast at gmail.com or use the hashtag Deja Who on Twitter. I, I always surprise myself, by the way, how, how I say, because for about 15 years, no, not 15 years, for 10 years, I always said Aubameyang, as the French do, like the proper pronunciation of Aubameyang. And I can't believe I call him Obama Yang now, just because <laughs> the, the the English influence, which, you know. Anyway. I've, um, I've just a word on this, because I, I realise I'm popping up and speaking out of turn a little bit too much. But this player, I've seen the answer, because I don't think I would have got it otherwise. Um, this player scored in one of the most amazing atmospheres of a match in French football that I've ever witnessed. He scored a very nice goal. And, uh, and on a, a day, which maybe I can tell the story next time, was an incredible, incredible day to be in the stands. There you go. I remember him scoring one of the the best. Got I mean, of like a forty yarder or forty five yarder. Yeah, anyway, it wasn't uh, that one. Giving, but yeah, I, no. I but we're that. giving clues. Yeah. We're giving clues yeah. away. Um, some of our listeners might want us to talk about Paris Saint Germain. Robbie definitely wants us to talk about Paris Saint Germain. So I don't know um, this week if I do, Matt. They are the league leaders. They won a game. Oh, I've given it away. But let, listen, let's let, let's hear what happened. David Crossan was uh, was at the Parc des Princes and he commentated what was a top-of-the-table clash where it was first against fourth, Paris Saint-Germain against Angers. Sco. Verratti's dispossessed and here goes Cabot. Another long, bursting run from Cabot. Cho on the ball with Buffal outside him. Buffal. Great ball and Angers are in front and you have to say that they deserve that. Angelo Fulgini's first of the season. He's missed a couple of chances but he converts the third. Brilliant football from Angers. Mbappe, great ball and Danilo heads in the equaliser. 
the Paris Saint-Germain pressure tells as Danilo scores his first of the season. He's very good in the air, is the Portuguese international. There is going to be a check. Was that a Capel handball brought to his attention by VAR? Which part of the arm did it strike? Did it strike both arms? And he points to the penalty spot. Gerrit Capel can't believe it. Mbappe against Bernardoni. And Mbappe into the corner. Paris Saint-Germain have come from behind to lead 2-1. Mbappe has his first club goal in over a month. So, PSG, it's a bit of a, a, a recurring theme this season. They're getting the job done. Uh, they're not necessarily playing at their best. I can't think of too many league games this season where I thought, wow, PSG have played well. But, Robbie, it was, it was important. They lost, obviously, before the international break to Rennes. They were missing uh, Di Maria, Messi, Neymar a few others as well. Um, they got it done, but it wasn't convincing, was it? It wasn't convincing. I guess if you're looking for positives, you'd, sh- you'd say they showed good character and managed to, to score in the two goals to get the victory against a side playing with, with 10 outfield players in their own penalty box. Um, Angers are having a good season. They are defending very well. They're, a, they're an organised side. Um, but yeah, it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't flowing, fantastic attacking PSG. And uh, we're obviously going to talk about the controversial moment uh, three minutes from time that awarded Paris Saint-Germain the penalty for victory. But before then, and obviously I, I in, in speaking up for the defence of uh, Mauricio Pochettino, eight changes from the side, first appearances of the season for Colin Dagba in the centre of defence, uh, Second appearance, second start for Rafinha, second start for Danilo, I think. There, w- there were lots of players missing after an international break where there were lots of tired players as well coming back before a Champions League week. Look, it's the same. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but there are reasons why after an international break, it's, it's not as easy as all that, especially when you're missing, you know, four, four or five of your, your best players because they were away in South America playing on international duty including your captain. I, before, before we talk about the penalty, I, I think, again, you, you slightly <laughs> undersell Angers just because, yeah, they did defend a lot after, after taking the lead. They took the lead on 36 minutes through a really good goal from yeah. Fulgini, really good cross from, from, from Buffal. And I thought the front three, uh, Mohamed Ali Cho, Fulgini and, and, and Buffal played really well and were really menacing on, on the counter. I thought Buffal had an excellent match. And it, you know, and it wasn't that surprising, to be honest, given the, the, those first 36 minutes. It wasn't that surprising that Andre scored. And I think, yeah, the longer the game went on, the more defensive they, they became, which is perhaps a, you know, a, a natural reflex. And, you know, unfortunately for them, they got done by, um, I think it's fair to say, an, an unfortunate penalty. Cross came in from the left. Icardi uh, miscued his header. It then hit... The Angers defender on it on his arm. Was it even going in? No, no, it no. wasn't going it in. It didn't look to me like probably it going for like a throw it in. It should have. It wasn't been. going it in. Let should me just have been e- a great chance. So, yep. okay. so let me just explain. The referee didn't give it initially. He was then asked to go and have a look, and Angers were absolutely fuming because as Icardi was right making his run into the box, he he tussles with an Angers defender, Roman Toma, and Roman Toma goes down. Um, and there is a good chance there was a foul from Icardi, uh, I, I, I think. Having not seen necessarily like 
a slow motion replay of what, exactly what happened between the two of them. Um, but the thing is, the referee was then called over to look at the action and he own, the only p- piece of the action they showed him was the handball. They didn't show him the supposed foul in the build-up. And Angers were, were, were desperately imploring with the referee to say, look at what happened before. And they didn't. So for me, that's not the referee's fault. That's, you know, he's looking at the images that he was shown and told to to look at. Um, penalty was given and Mbappe scored it emphatically. And uh, PSG won. Andy, um, you can understand Angers feeling pretty down about that. Angers were angry, weren't they? Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, I mean, I was at the game and, um, you know, I, I, you know, because it was late in the match and I was writing about it, I was sort of looking up and at the right moment, I looked up away from my laptop and, and obviously saw the incident. And then I just thought, oh, Icardi's missed the chance and, and, and started working again. And then, and then a few seconds later, you see that there's going to be a, a VAR call and you kind of think, hold on, why is that? And then, and then you yeah. see why. And, you know, I mean, I mean, okay. The, 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 it, I, at the time I didn't, because I was, busy working and, and looking up and, you know, I didn't immediately realise why Roman Thomas was so furious in that context because I didn't see why, um, yeah, I didn't see the, 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 the shoving between Icardi and Thomas just before the, the chance. But, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've been looking at the, uh, the, the, the actual handball incident again and again and again over the weekend. And even that, I can't really understand why that's a penalty. I mean, okay, Icardi's header is going wide, but I mean, is... I mean, the only, the, I mean, forgive me, the only explanation that I can see why a penalty is given there is because the defender's uh, arm is making his body unnaturally bigger. I mean, that's the only, in, in the, in well, the, look, in the hits, No, but if it hits a defender's arm and the arm is deemed to be not in a natural yeah, position, that's yeah, a penalty. Ex- it doesn't ex- matter if exa- the ball's exactly, going Exactly, but, but my, my, my question is, I, I, I just think that's really, really harsh in that context because I think like his arm is sticking up, but it's not sticking out way, way out in front of him. It's just, it's, it's, Listen, to me, I just think it's a really harsh penalty call. And I, I just think that some things, um, I know there are the laws of the game and I just wish sometimes that there would be the spirit of the game as well and people would see that that header's not going any... That, I mean, the handball took the ball on target. It, it the, the header was not going on target. The, the arm was not making the body, to me, that much unnaturally bigger. I, I don't know. I, I just Strictly speaking, it's a penalty. Yeah, but the, but I, but I just the think, thing is, Andy, there are two things, aren't there? There's the interpretation of the handball, but yeah. there's also the fact that the referee didn't yeah, get of co- to of look course, at of a potential foul. And, and I think I think there's a third thing as well, which is that, you know, this, I mean, this happened when PSG played Lyon a few weeks ago. I mean, I, I go to these games uh, as a, strictly as a neutral, but also I think, you know, I won't be alone in among the neutrals in kind of wanting the underdog to do well in these circumstances a lot of the time. And I just thought that Angers were, on the balance of play, PSG did deserve to win that game. But Angers had gone in front with a great goal on the counter-attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, they looked really well organised. I enjoyed watching Gerald Batikla's team, the, the way they line up in this uh, the, with the back three, which is very much in fashion in Ligue 1 these days, with a, with a front three without a fixed number nine, um, with Angelo Fulgini playing through the middle and with the very exciting Mohamed Ali Cho on one side and Sofiane Bouffal on the other side. And, and I thought they're quite interesting. They're a fun team to watch uh, and they don't deserve to lose the game in this way. And, and you know, okay, VAR, strictly speaking, has spotted a handball and uh, there wasn't spotted and given a penalty. But I just thought that that was not the way that that game of football should have ended. And I just think that's a shame, to be honest. And okay, Kylian Mbappe scores the penalty, PSG win the game. 
I, I just don't think PSG should have won that game. I, ju- I just thought he's, that he's had a good run with the VAR, Killian, because he won the UEFA Nations League as well with a, a letter of yeah. the law. Well, exactly. Rule yeah. as well. And, and, but that was slightly different, right? I mean, that was that I mean, letter of the law. Yeah. And, and okay, it was, it was a very controversial um, call. But the, the circumstances were still slightly different because it was about um, an, an offside. This was about a, a penalty, which I just think was um, interpretation. You know, well, yeah. it's it's it's. I, I, what I'm trying to say is that you know, the, strictly speaking, by the laws of the game, to me, the Mbappe goal la, uh, last weekend against Spain should not have stood. Strictly speaking, by the by the laws of the game, the penalty should have been given at, at the weekend. So in that sense, it was the right call. But I just think that it was very unfortunate the way in which it happened like that at that stage of the game, a handball like that. Um, I, it's, you know, it's not what we like to see. And I think that a PSG, for all the talent they've got, even without Messi, Neymar, Di Maria, etc., you know, they, they, they shouldn't need that to win. I them. think it I is what say- we want to see, these to have something to whinge about and something to talk about instead of everything being perfectly <laughs> the whole clinical point was and that the sanitized. The, the VAR would, would eradicate no, all No, it's given that, us but- more stuff to talk about. <laughs> and this is the romance. And Angers will return to the park next year and say, we were robbed last year. And, and this is... This is what football remains to, you know, is still about for the fans. I was sitting in the stands um, watching the game and the people around me were, were so happy that the penalty had been given and were te- screaming at Angers players to stop whinging and stop carrying on. And that's the, you know, that's the stuff. There's a great chant in, around the, the Parc des Princes when Paris get a decision which people sort of know is in their favour and they, they all chant, Ici c'est Paris. Ici c'est Paris, and they do that almost a little bit ironically, as in get get used to it. Here now you're in Paris. This is what happens. You've got no chance, and it's uh, it was funny. We had that again in the last couple of minutes. There was a, a little gloatingness in knowing that perhaps we, something had gone Paris's way. Yeah, indeed, indeed. What what I would say is that Kylian Mbappe certainly without Mbappe, PSG would have lost that game because he was the only one who was going to to make any difference and he put a beautiful cross in for Danilo Pereira for the for the equalizer slotted his his penalty and he he was taken off and I feel like I should mention this because we talk about when there were jeers uh you know in in the early games of the season when his name was announced he got a massive ovation when he when he went off from the Parc des Princes and um it's been a you know it's been a it's been a big week or two for him he's come out in the media and uh, uh told his version of of, of events why he, why he wanted to leave PSG, why he's still there. He's talked about, you know, a, a, a hell of a lot. I was listening to RMC when he had the interview. I was driving home and uh, he he had an interview and they said it's a two-hour-long program with Kylian Mbappe, which is absolutely like, ridiculous, unbelievable. I listened to mm. 10 minutes of it. but um, <laughs> I think it's a very but, good but, point, but Robbie, Matt, he's, I think you make an excellent point because he was being criticised as well just a month ago from people saying there's no place for Kylian Mbappe in this side. Messi and Neymar don't pass to him. He's not. He's not uh, scoring goals. He's not touching the football. Where is Kylian Mbappe? He's, you know, he's upset with his all this sort of stuff. And he has responded. I thought he was superb in by making the difference. And I think he has been in the last month. Uh, we've seen that he. I think he's just said, "Okay, I'm staying for this season, and you're all going to see just how good I am." And he's doing it. He's turning it on. Yeah. Well, that's you know pretty much what he does every season, whether he's got a point to prove or, or, or not, he is, is, is a machine. We're going to look ahead to next weekend, but uh, very quickly, I will mention that Ren uh, got a really good victory, 3-0 away to Angers. They are starting to look 
uh, the business. Another goal for Sulemana, an incredible goal from Gaetan Laborda, a m- sort of magia flying uh, flick beautiful. high into the net. Fantastic Absolutely goal. Yeah. beautiful. And um, Terrier also scored. Strasbourg, five, Saint-Étienne, one. Disaster for Saint-Étienne just after Claude Puel was uh, confirmed uh, in his position as coach. Ajort Gamero and uh, Diallo all among the goals for Strasbourg. Brest, one. Reims, one. Uh, a wonderful uh, equaliser from Franck Honorat. Um, sensational goal, that one. Uh, Bordeaux, yeah. one. Nantes, one. Huang scored a terrific goal for Bordeaux. Chidivella equalised for not Robbie yeah absolutely well, I was just going to say I thought, well, I thought you had something to say yeah oh well I was going to say Gaetan Laborde almost scored a second fantastic goal in the Ren game um, I thought Honora's goal reminded me of a Dijon goal from Benjamin Jeannot a few years back do you remember that that would have been up for in the running oh, yes. for goal of the yes. season fantastic flying volley from volley the same that, yeah. sort of distance and just a yeah beautiful goal and yep I couldn't agree there were some fantastic goals all weekend I thought so Ren won 3-0 away to, to Mets, just in case I didn't say it was Mets. Uh, they, they, they won away to Mets. Uh, let's look ahead to round 11. Some absolutely stonking games coming up in Ligue 1 Uber Eats. It's time for us to go on a bon voyage. Yes, indeed. We're going to be getting on our uh, fantasy train and travelling... Uh, the length and breadth of this uh, beautiful country. Obviously, the standout fixture, guys, Marseille against Paris Saint-Germain Sunday night. Uh, we got Monaco-Montpellier just uh, before that. Um, there was another big game, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah nice, nice against Leon. Leon. Yeah. Nice-Leon's huge, one o'clock on, on, on Sunday. And there's um, the 1980-co, if I can <laughs> if I can go that way. 98-co, what would that yeah, be? That would be lens Metz. The two Ooh, sides yes. that played it out for the 1998 title that was decided on goal difference, the Ligue 1 title, back then. Yes, Rigobert Song and Robert Pires and Tony Varel. Uh, Robbie, where do you want to go? Matt, what a question. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and I, and I will uh, concede that the idea of Marseille being on a high and riding a wave of confidence and with maybe even 60,000 inside the Stade Velodrome uh, with a bit of travelling support if they're allowed to travel for Paris Saint-Germain is going to be one very exciting evening. And it's nights like this where, where you really look forward, a great sense of anticipation because you think, yes, we're going to see a competitive match of football. Marseille are in a position in one match that they can mix it with Paris Saint-Germain. I think even, I know they won at the Parc des Princes last year, but... But for me, it was there were in extenuating circumstances about that. For me, <laughs> of course, this, there were, <laughs> this this weekend, um, I'm looking forward to a gloves off heavyweight battle between two sides that you just know are going to give it absolutely everything. Two argy coaches who are who are ready to go for it. Two sets of players that want a, that are desperate for victory. It's, it's exciting. Yeah, we've heard Lionel Messi say that um, Ligue 1 is more physical than La Liga. I'm looking forward to hearing Leo Messi uh, after Sunday night's game saying that uh, Le Classique is is bigger than the Classico. Um, <laughs> Andy Scott, Andy Scott obviously agrees with that. Andy, where, yeah. <laughs> where do you where do you fancy going? Uh, well, it possibly is now, given the the, the mess that Messi's yeah. in Paris. <laughs> um, 
the, I, fa- I do fancy getting on your fantasy train. That sounds quite interesting. But um, <laughs> uh, listen, I mean, I think one game you forgot to mention on Sunday is is the the Champagne Country Derby between uh, Rance and Trois. That'll be good, won't it? But I, my uh, my choice for game of the weekend would be um, apart from the the obvious one, the classic would be Rennes against Strasbourg because uh, Strasbourg coming into that after a five one win against Saint Etienne, albeit against a very bad Saint Etienne team, and Rennes are absolutely flying. I mean. Um, what was it, 6-0 against Clermont a few weeks ago, 2-0 against PSG, obviously, just before the international break, and then 3-0 in Metz yesterday. Gaëtan Laborde is a top scorer in Ligue 1. Mm-hmm. Kamal, you may, I mean, you talked about how great his goal was yesterday, and it was great, but Kamaldine Suleiman's goal was um, was yeah, exceptional. It was, well. yeah. I mean, I think a lot, I'm sure a lot of our listeners, you know, watch the Premier League too, and, and I thought, you know, Suleiman's goal yesterday, to me, had a touch of Mohamed Salah's goal for Liverpool on Saturday, just the way in which he got himself out of a, a tricky situation on the edge of the box, uh, created some space and they just whacked it in off the underside of the crossbar. Uh, and I do think that Kamaldine Suleimana might well be, you know, you think about Ismail Assar, for example, who went from Rennes to, to the Premier League for quite a lot of money and is now being talked about as a future, maybe Manchester United player, etc. I think Kamaldine Suleimana is, is, is going to be an absolutely huge star in the years to come. He's a really exciting player and, and Rennes are, are, are beginning to play uh, some exciting stuff, and there could be a lot of goals in that game. And and Razon Park is always fun. I've said it before. Uh, one of my favourite places to go in France. So that that would be my choice. Uh, and the, the uh, Julian the Julian Stefanico. Ex- exactly. Well. Yeah, throw in that one as well. The ex Ren coach now in charge of, of of Strasbourg. So that should be it'd be a really good Sunday in League One actually. Uh, lots of lots of really good games and, and and not a bad one to finish it off. To be fair, yeah, it should be. Well, uh, yeah, I'm going to go to the velodrome if you don't mind, Robbie. I don't, we, we we don't have to sit together for no, this one because we probably won't. Sides. We probably won't see eye to eye. I'm I'm particularly intrigued to see if Saliba can can fit Messi and Neymar into his pockets. He he's. He's I was, got I was some... thinking it was we were mentioning who would be on the right side of the Paris attack for poor old Luan Perez. <laughs> and uh, I think it's going to be a little man by the name of Lionel Messi in all likelihood. So with uh, oh, really? a certain Ashraf Hakimi overlapping down the outside. So let's see have how you, he gets on. Have you seen how big William Saliba's shorts are? Like <laughs> Messi could literally pitch a tent using William Saliba's shorts. But it's 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 going to be, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be fascinating. No one, you, no one else you, is going to go there, Matt. You just wonder, <laughs> you just wonder if... I don't know if if San Paoli's gung ho tactics. I mean, you mentioned you know that the the left side of Marseille's defence. Because part of me thinks, well, this is going to totally play into PSG's hands because the 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 defence will be exposed. Part of me also thinks, well, you know, will the PSG defence manage to resist Marseille coming at them from all angles? It's going to be fun, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but our our time has come to an end for for this week's uh, edition of Le Bourgeois. We appreciate everybody for, for, for joining us and uh, we, we look forward to any thoughts, feedback you have. League One Podcast at gmail.com is our email. You can use the hashtag on Twitter as well, Le Bourgeois, and we'll pick up your, your comments. Thank you ever so much. Thank you to Robbie. Thank you to Andy. Um, from me, Matt Spiro, it's time to say goodbye. We'll be back again next week. Until then, ciao, ciao. Cheers, guys. Matt. See you, Andy. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, my word, what a goal. Delivery again. Duzzi's header. He's a clinical finisher. Arkadiusz Milik. Outrageous goal from Gael Kakuta. Play it again. A goal back. Oh, Benyera. Beautifully done. Sensational.